Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Maureen Miles. Thanks for being on the show again, Maureen. Hey, how you doing, Whitney? Thank you for uh, having me. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure to have you back on the show. And you should have just heard Maureen and her her story and how she got into this business on show WS537 just came out on April the 10th. So if you didn't listen to that, I encourage you to go back and listen to her story there. Very encouraging and inspiring. So uh, also a little about her. She started with renovating singles and duplexes and successfully made the transition to syndicating 100 plus unit complexes. She's also the founder and general partner of a property management company and construction company. She went from broke to 3,000 units after leaving her job six years ago, which you'll hear about in show 537. So Maureen, you know, today I wanted to have you back. I mean, you've done lots of deals. You had, had lots of success in multifamily, uh, you know, the syndication business. And, and so I'm honored to have you back and wanted to dive in just to how the process you have in developing a capital budget and just what that means, what that looks like when you're, you know, looking to purchase a property. And why don't we just dive right in? Sure, sure. So when we're looking at a potential deal, what we do is when we're underwriting the deal, we have a section for you know capital expenditures and once we get the deal where we see it'll work you know maybe we're looking at a little bit of rent increases or not depending on the deal but we'll have that capital expenditure sell that we will kind of increase to see okay how much can we spend on this deal in order for the deal to work and this is something maybe a little bit older older properties you're going to need more capital CapEx, newer properties, sometimes they're a little bit tighter. You don't need so much because it should be a newer property and run smoother. So what we do is we play around with that number and know that I can spend X amount and still be okay in this deal. And by this time, I kind of have a few ideas. Like I'll, I'll know if the roofs are shot. I'll know if I want to replace windows. I'll, I'll kind of just have a really rough estimate of what I'm thinking we could spend just shooting from the hip or what I need to spend. And then we go ahead and we make sure that capital budget's there. So that's in the very initial stages, even before we put an LOI in, we're looking at those items. So at that point, what you've toured the property, I mean, you kind of have an estimate, okay, it's this many units. And by this time, I mean, you've done this enough, you know, okay, this potentially age of the property or this potential type of property, depending on what it is, we know that this is roughly what it costs on average. And that's how you're kind of coming up with that rough number in the very early stages. Yeah, I might just on the quick tour that we do with the broker, a couple of units, we haven't done the physical due diligence yet, but I can, you can get a feel sometimes for what you're expecting. You know, if you're told 50% have been renovated or none have been renovated since 1970, you're going to kind of have a different number in mind there. Things like how does the mail center look? How do the amenities look? The roofs, the windows, the doors, like, so you kind of have this ballpark and whether it's going to be a, a large project CapEx wise or just something where you're just going to maybe be upgrading some interiors or things like that. So on that initial walk, you know, we'll know if what the kind of the expectation of that is. And then, so I kind of know, like if I say, okay, this deal still works. If I need to spend say under $800,000, I know that this deal will still work. So then I kind of go through and I say, okay, well, we need roofs, you know, we need playground, you know, we need this, we need that. 
So, you know, where am I on my budget? Is Am I going to be okay within that $800,000? Do I feel like I'm going to be okay in that within that range? And if it's a yes, we just, what we do is we take that to our due diligence. And when we go and do the physical due diligence, if there's anything we're questioning, if I don't know exactly what my pricing is going to be on roofs, if, if there's like some asphalt or paving that needs to be done, things like mail centers, you can look that, those prices up yourself. But anything you need a quote on, you want those people to meet you out there at the due diligence time so, and then get your quotes back within a few days. So look, you know, we really need these quotes back. And you'll also know, you know, how are they turning the apartments? What conditions are the carpets in? They already do vinyl flooring throughout. So that's where you really get to, you know, play around with that capital budget a little bit more to see. We recently had that where they've done probably about 80% of all the LVP flooring. So that stuff is going to be good for a while. We don't need to have a big budget on turns. We know it's going to bring our turn costs down. So those are kind of the things we go into that due diligence time. Again, we'll bring it to make sure we're still within that range. And, you know, if, if we're looking, when we start doing due diligence, if the carpets are really shot and the cabinets are falling off the wall and need to be replaced, then, you know, if, if we're seeing foundation issues or, you know, floors that are really uneven and wonky, you know, maybe we didn't notice the roofs were shot. And then when we went out to due diligence and we, you know, we started seeing leaks or something. So, you know, that could discount the deal right there on a, on a due diligence or, you know, we may have to kill the deal if we see, oh, we're, we need $2 million for this property. And we only, we know the deal works at 800 max. Uh, that could kill the deal as, and if we're walking it and we say, wow, 200 grand is really all I need. Like the units are all mint and, you know, playground is there. And so I know I have this big cushion. So I know it's going to be an even juicier deal for everybody because I'm not going to need that extra money. Now, one thing I do want to advise is no matter what, you do want to have a reserve budget because there, you could run into things that you didn't anticipate, like a coronavirus, right? <laughs> that's one thing. But just to have that working reserve. Now, that's the more expensive capital you have, right? Because you have the bank's portion, your finance capital that's going to be your cheaper money. And when you raise, when you're syndicator and you raise money with investors, that's more expensive for you. Typically we'll raise it outside of the normal deal. So we'll kind of have that money raised at when we close, we'll have that money sitting in the bank. So it is expensive, but I call it the, our sleep at night money. So we know if something happens that we didn't expect, maybe the water heaters all start going at once or something you kind of didn't anticipate you know, you have that extra sleep good at night money. You're not going to have to pull from other reserves or you're not going to have to erode your operating income because you do have that capital reserve there. So you're going to raise it from day one. That way you're not having to, because a lot of people will say, okay, I'm going to take so much per unit over a year or, you know, something like that, you know, and get that reserve budget. But I'm not comfortable with that. I, I also want it like from day one. Right. And now right. the bank does make you put a reserve also 250 to $300 typically per year per unit. So you will have that right. reserve. But sometimes I think, especially when you're new, you forget that you have to actually pay for those items first, and then you can go ahead and get that reserve money back. So that money has to come from somewhere. If you're well-funded yourself, it may not be such a problem, but if you're new into this and you're on a tight budget, you know, a seventy-five or $100,000 hit for something could really impact you. If you have to have that money out and it's going to be another couple of weeks before it comes back, you know, so you always want to have that that just reserve capital money as a cushion there. And we sell properties a lot and never touched some of those funds. Sometimes, you know, we've never touched quite a bit of those funds, which is good. And it costs us a little more, but like I said, it, it's a sleep at night money. It ensures that we're not going to 
get tripped up with anything that's a surprise. Maybe there's a big sprinkler issue. We had one property, we had to replace like 600 and something sprinkler heads because they had been recalled or something like that. It was, a, it was a mess and it was expensive, but you know, we had that money set aside. So just things like that, that you don't always anticipate. Are there any other times where, you know, it's like some kind of surprise has happened where you've had to use the reserve budget you weren't expecting to? Some of the older properties, sometimes you'll get some underground issues and you can't always see that where you're replacing some of the underground feeds for, you know, water lines or sewer lines or things like that. Those can get pricey as well, especially if you have to start going through parking lots and things like that. Sometimes you're roofing. It's hard to tell how many layers. Sometimes we've been surprised on layers of roofing where in most states, you're only allowed to put two at the max. And I mean, we've, she's one property. I think we found four layers on there. We just, so, I mean, we had a roofing budget, but it went over because there was way more disposal, you know, we had to dispose of way more trash. I'm trying to think what else has tripped us up. Sometimes the turns are a little costlier in a different area. Like right now we're looking at bringing in in-house some flooring guys. I think we're actually going to hire them with a construction company just to do flooring. Because in one of the markets we're in, the flooring is just ridiculous. It, the price is... More the labor side, you mean those ridiculous? Yeah, the labor and, you know, just calling that third-party vendor for flooring, just ridiculous prices. And I'm just tired of paying those. So, you know, we could, uh, we could hire a couple people. They'd be really good. They'd be dedicated to our team. And that's where you're having enough units in a market makes an impact too. So I think last year we picked up about 700 units in that market. And we're looking at some more right now. We have another... 100 plus under contract. So that's where that scale comes in because you can do things like that to save money. You can keep a, a flooring guy busy. Oh yeah. Yeah. You just hire them full time because what I'm paying these guys over, like I could buy the material myself. I can get a discount on the material. We had one large project where I was literally, well, I, I think I talked about that, the 200 down unit project. And we literally had a tractor trailer come and unhook and they would take the empty tractor trailer away with them. They were leaving the tractor trailer on our property because we were going through so much carpeting, so much LVP. So we actually were buying it directly from one of the flooring manufacturers. But we saved a ton of money doing it that way and just hired the installers ourselves as hourly. That has helped save money on capital budgets. You know, when you're doing, geez, you know, it's probably... 200 units. I mean, that's 200,000 feet of flooring. If you know, it probably all needed flooring at that job too. So it's, it's just ways like that of trying to save money and, and understanding your costs too, you know, knowing what you're paying for a certain amount of floor. So that, that one tripped us up a little bit because we're paying a little bit more than I had anticipated. I didn't realize the raise, but I'll fix it. It'll be fixed soon. <laughs> so, you know, when developing this capital budget, what are some other ways you see people, you know, messing up or, or not just really understanding that process well enough to be prepared to have the proper budget? Yeah, I would say make sure you get three bids. I would not just rely on something I, I learned a little bit into it too, is my my like property managers, they're great and they do the best job they can, but they're not construction experts. So sometimes the contractor you have will tell them something that isn't correct. And, you know, sometimes they're kind of questioning, is it done right? Well, you know, he told me this and, you know, they just don't know. So just understanding the scope and letting your team at your property know that if anything goes outside this to contact you, because sometimes they will get fed BS. Like I'll show up on site and know it has to be done. You know, this has to be done. And if I'm not there or some of my construction team isn't watching that particular project, sometimes things change a little bit. So I would just say have the scope drawn out very well. And that helps a lot. Also getting three bids and 
if you're in a market where you know other multifamily people through networking, through masterminds, you know, make sure you ask them who they use. I've gotten roofers and things like that before when I'm new into a market. You can also go to like people that supply the materials and things like that to find good relationships, but make sure you get three different bids because you'll be surprised at how different some of those bids can come across. You know, make sure you have an expert there. Make sure if, if you don't, we all only all know so much, right? So if we're not great at, you know, understanding paving and stuff, make sure you have somebody there that does or somebody on your team or a friend you can call or, you know, make sure you confirm that those bids are right. Because the last thing you want to do is, you know, spend sixty or $100,000 on redoing something to find out that it wasn't done properly or the right way. So it's worth paying a construction manager to come down. And I don't know if there's consultants out there that you can hire or what you can do, but make sure you have somebody else have eyeballs. I just, I just learned to not trust the GCs. Like I said, that big job we had with the 200 down units, I went through four general contractors. So you just, you just always have to watch, watch your money. Went through four general contractors. Did I not tell you that story? That was the birth of the construction company, basically. On that job, I, we fired four of them. And I mean, it's when you fire a general contractor for a big job like that, it's rough and disruptive because every one of them was a mess, but we still did it. We, we didn't lose time. We always stayed on time because I would jump down there. I remember one time I didn't go home for like almost three months. I was like literally every day showing up there because I couldn't trust my general contractor anymore. And so I had to make sure it was done right. And yeah, just uh, we had about 10 people from Connecticut because I used to do the rehabbing in Connecticut. So at one point I used to, I had the people that helped me flip singles come down to work on these, you know, giant multifamily properties because I could trust them and they knew what they were doing. So yeah, you know, you just make it work, figure out how to make it work. Wow. You mentioned earlier, you know, like something may happen or, or maybe in the budget that you weren't planning for and, and it may kill the deal. You know, is there an example that that's happened or maybe a way you could explain, you know, when, when's that going to kill the deal and maybe, you know, the process of that? Well, that's basically what your due diligence is for, right? Are you going to uncover something that you didn't plan for? That is the one time when it's kind of acceptable to retrade as I don't know if you guys know what the retrade is, but, but it's kind of a, a thing that some people just do it as a game. They'll come in higher than everybody else to get the deal and then they retrade every single thing. We don't like to do that. I want brokers to know I'm going to close the deal and not kind of jerk around the seller or whatever, you know, just to get it done. So one of the instances where we did do that was a termite issue. So we went through one of the buildings. It was a early 70s product. And I don't know if you know what a termite tunnel looks like, but it looks almost like a straw, like a piece of mud straw basically going up. And we saw them from the basement going up just in one building on this one side of the building. They looked old to me because they weren't continuous. Like it looked like a piece of it had gotten knocked down, but I was concerned because at some point there were definitely termites here. So now my concern is I have to make sure that I have enough capital in case I go up in there, we start doing turns. You could look at it so much. You can just feel, is the floor spongy? Is there any issues? I didn't see like a big pile of, you know, wood shavings down on the floor or something that would give me a concern as well for some kind of a wood insect. So I didn't see any signs. I just saw those and it looked like there had been a repair. So I asked the seller about it and they're like, no, we didn't have, you know, termites or weren't termites. So we got another, I called a termite company out there. They're telling me they, they found them in that building. 
the seller was swearing up and down that they never had issues with them. I saw the repairs and so now you're like, you don't know who to believe. You don't right. know what's going on. So what I did is I just figured, okay, worst case scenario, what is it going to cost me? If this is nightmare, it was a brick building. So structurally on the exterior, it should be okay. So I would have had to just mess with interior stuff, which really is just flooring. You have subfloor, you have studs, you know, your sheet rock. So I'm like, what's the worst case scenario? So I figured that for $200,000, I could comfortably fix anything that I found there for what we couldn't see. Cause we could see a lot of it, send somebody up in the attic, made sure the whole building wasn't full of it. But if I ran, I said, I was comfortable. And this was like, I think we were buying that deal for about 12 million bucks. So I said, okay, for 200,000, I'm good with it. So I went back to the seller and I said, look, I can't definitely represent to my investors that there's no bugs here. I have to make sure that we have enough capital to cover it. And I said, I'm literally going to walk from the deal. Like I'm out for a $200,000 credit. We'll still continue with the deal, but otherwise I'm walking. And you know, I really was ready to, I don't bluff. I don't like to play games. And so we ended up getting the $200,000 credit or actually, no, it was a, I wanted the cash payout because you want the cash. You just don't want a credit on purchase price. So we got that and that worked out, but that was one of the reasons, or that was one of the times when I, I did retrade and actually the only time I retraded and it worked out. But you have to be willing to walk, I think. For sure. I'm sure he could see you were serious. Oh, yeah. I was ready to kill the deal. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just mentioned something you could elaborate on right there. You said you, you wanted the cash versus the, you know, the credit you know, on the purchase price. Yeah. If they just reduce your... So if you're buying something for $12 million, you know, if your purchase price now gets changed to you know, 11.8, is that really going to do anything for you? You, know, you? you want that cash in case that... that termite stuff is there. You want to have that cash credit. So they, they will credit like to, you know, it, usually towards your closing credits is how, you know, the money that you'd have to show up with at closing time, you want to make sure that the credit comes out right there. So that'll help with, you know, it'll net out so that you actually have that cash at the end because it's less you have to, you know, wire into the, the bank or the title company at closing. So that's the way you want to do it. You don't ever just want that reduction because it's, it's like a blip on the radar. You don't really ever get that money. <laughs> if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. It does for sure. Uh, any other uh, just final thoughts about, you know, developing that capital budget that, that you want to leave the listeners with a Marine before we run out of time? I'd say just be really careful. Know what your insurance deductibles are because you always want to have that handy in case that ever comes up and know what your reserves are. Even if you're doing uh, like right now, we are doing a bridge loan with an over $2 million construction kind of a renovation loan in there. But you want to know that, you know, you have to send that money out before you get it back. So you want to make sure you have an extra like 500000 that you can send out, come back, send out, come back, because that money does take a little while. And that could really trip you up. If you're brand new and, you know, you barely scraped together enough to close the deal and you don't have a lot of reserves, I mean, how are you going to spend $2 million and wait for that money to come back? Like it, it would really trip you up. So just be aware, aware of that. And then raise enough to have somebody else look over your budget. If you're not a hundred percent sure, that's where I see a lot of people getting tripped up if they're going to get hurt. And this is, they don't have enough capital reserves. I said, my first deal, I raised 50,000. Somehow we made it through that, but that was, that was like luck. <laughs> so I just didn't know any better. So luckily I survived, but I, I wouldn't do that deal again, you know, for 50,000 capital. Wow. Maureen, I can't thank you enough for your time and, and sharing your expertise and just how, how to develop a capital budget and some experiences you've had. Tell the listeners how uh, they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. 
Sure, so our website is www.4MREI, and there's a contact us form on my emails, mmiles at 4MREI. And yeah, just reach out if you have anything. I tell people I'm always willing to help. Sometimes it's a little hard to catch me, but I'm always willing to help if you can grab me. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.